Have you ever looked at someone thriving in their business and wondered, how did they do it? Have you ever thought that you can't have mental health and success? Have you doubted your own ability to create a financially thriving career that still has your well-being at the forefront? Well, welcome to the Boardroom Brain Podcast, where we tackle those very questions. I'm Dr. Lauren Cook, and I'm a clinical psychologist and speaker that takes you behind the business and inside the minds of today's most successful and personally thriving leaders. We're taking a look at our guests' secrets to success, how they bounce back when they've been knocked down, and what advice they have for you. Oh, and I've got another motive too. As a clinician and company consultant who frequently sees employees struggling mentally and knocking on the door of burnout, I'm invested in having conversations about how we can bring more wellness into company culture. I wanna make sure that everyone has the absolute best work experience that we all can have. And I believe that includes making sure our businesses are invested in their employees as people, not just as time card stampers and payroll lists. So get excited to listen, learn, and leverage your own leadership skills. These conversations will help you tap into your own bravery while helping you reprioritize your sense of well-being, both at work and when you're off the clock. So step inside the conference room with me and welcome to the boardroom. Your brain is about to get a major bonus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Boardroom Brain Podcast. I am so excited about our guest here today. You are going to learn so much about this conversation. And I got to tell you, today's episode is a little bit different, and that is why I'm loving it. So let me tell you more about Kit Pang. He has helped hundreds of leaders and high-performing professionals speak with greater confidence and influence. His experiences include being the founder of Boston Speaks, a Harvard Business School public speaking coach, and a three-time TEDx speaker coach. So this is why I am having Kit on the show today, because He is an expert in helping people with public speaking skills, especially when anxiety comes up for folks. And our two worlds came together, Kit, when I came on and and supported you with the Fearless Public Speaking Summit, and we were talking all about how to overcome the fear of public speaking. So, Kit, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Lauren. It was it's great to be here. And it was great. The conversation that we had during the summit was amazing. I wish, man, people were to, were to go and listen to you over and over again, because the things that people were saying afterwards were like, it was amazing. But it's been a, a pleasure. And thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I could be of help. And I can't wait for people to be able to get their hands on it. We're going to be talking about that more today. But before we really dive in, something I am loving asking my guests about, because for people watching on YouTube, you can see all the books behind me. I love to read. I love to ask what our guests, what they're reading. So tell us, Kit, anything that you've been reading these days, a book, an article, could even be a podcast, anything that's been inspiring you recently? Yeah, sure. And actually, I want to say one thing. Whenever I talk today and when we have a conversation, please challenge me on anything that I'm saying. I, I love conversations like those. But going back to your your question, what book? Actually, when I first got into public speaking coaching, the thing that I helped people with was, hey, you just got to speak more. You just got to practice more. You got to practice the skill side. And then I noticed there were people still having speaking anxiety even though they had the speaking reps and even though they were working on skill Mm -hmm. now there was one book that changed my mind and everything and i actually got this book from another book but anyway the (laughs) the book is called alan carr's easy way to stop smoking oh 
Oh. Okay. So I got this book. I, so Atomic Habits, James Clear. Yes. He mentioned this book, I think in like one sentence in his book. And they, and he said, this, this, this is book. It's like a Bible to help people stop smoking. And it was called Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm not a smoker, actually, but I was very interested. I'm like, how can you read a book and stop smoking? Have you heard of this book? I, I haven't heard of it. No, I'm going to add, I love Atomic Habits, but I'm going to add both of these in the show notes. Keep going. This is interesting. Yeah. So, and, and this is very interesting for me, but here's the thing. This, so of course I'm wondering, like, can a book really help people stop smoking? And here's what they say about this book. In other countries, sometimes this book is even more popular than Harry Potter books. Okay? What? <laughs> so if you go on YouTube, if you go on Reddit, if you go on Amazon, stuff like that, of course. The, the reviews, I don't think anyone is paying people to give reviews as in, I read this book, I stopped smoking. Okay? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not all 100% positive, but it's pretty positive. You know, there's like 5% and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. They read this book. They don't have to do any exercises. They just have to read. They don't even have to do, they don't have to do anything like physically. Mm-hmm. Okay. They read the book, they stop smoking. That's it. It's as easy as that. You can finish it in two hours. You can take a little bit more time. You don't have to do anything at all. Okay. So that was a book that really helped me look into the way that I'm approaching the fear of public speaking. Mm. Could there be another way? That That is exactly that, basically. And if you want to keep on talking about the book, I mean, the book has a big thing to play with all of, I think some of what we might be talking about. So I think it's very wow. interesting. Oh, that is fascinating. Okay, I'm definitely going to include that for people to check out, both for people who want to stop smoking, but just in terms of habit building and, and changing habits too. That is really, really fascinating. And curious too, how that ties in with public speaking as well. That's a question I have for you a little bit later today of, do we make behavioral changes and that's what changes our fear around public speaking? Or is it the mindset piece or both? We'll come back to that in a second. I, I want to tease that up for our listeners because I think a lot of people have that question. But before we go into that, I want to ask you, Kit, public speaking, this has become your passion, your whole business is around this. What made you want to focus on this as a, as a topic? I'm so curious to hear more about that. Yeah, personally, growing up in an Asian family, we don't Share, we don't we don't say I love you out in my family. We don't say I we don't say like I love you out loud. We don't hug a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know that I, I didn't know how to share my emotions. You know, actually no one told me about like, okay, you know, you need to share more of this. But it was a public speaking competition that I entered in college. It was my last year of college. I was a broke college student. So it said it said three thousand dollars public speaking competition, first place. And you know, being broke, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what money. I don't know what job I'm getting. So I'm like, I'm gonna enter it. I'm not s- super good at speaking. At the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going for the for the money. And when I enter the speaking competition, I think I treated that way more important than my thesis and anything <laughs> than anything else. And I practiced overnight, practiced for a week till like two a.m. the whole entire week. And when I got on stage. Maybe you felt this before. Mm. Uh, I felt like I got into the zone, as mm. in time slowed down because I practiced it so much already, and I knew what I was going to say. I 
I knew the words was just gonna flow out. Mm-hmm. I was able to look people in the eyes. I was I was seeing them nodding. But the most important thing for me was I felt like I was able to share who I was on that stage, mm-hmm. not holding back. And so ever since I got that feeling, I wanted more of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And when I started becoming a public speaking coach, I found out a lot of people don't feel that way or they never had that experience when it comes to their speaking. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you, when you go on stage, do you, yeah. I feel that, yes. And sometimes I'm able to get in the zone and sometimes not. It, it kind of depends I, on a lot of different factors. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious now to hear more about this. What a, what a cool story. And I hear you prepared so much. Tell us a little bit, what did you speak on if you're open to sharing? It was, they had a, they had a question, you know, it's for that public speaking competition. I forgot exactly what question it was. Something related with the college. Mm-hmm. I, I, I exactly forgot. <laughs> but what? that that speaks to your ability. And I think this is a sign of a great speaker. You can speak about just about anything, you know, if you have the tools, if you practice and you put the time in, give a topic and we can speak on it, right? We can, we can make it happen. And, you know, one thing I see for a lot of folks is, they really doubt themselves. They don't always believe that they can get better, that these skills, these public speaking skills, they have this script in their mind. I'm just bad at this. And I'm wondering, Kit, how you support people with that who may have had that belief ingrained in them for a long, long time. Yeah. And so one of the, I think, most important words that you said is a belief. There's a belief that they have that. But however... If they don't even know that they have that belief, then they're not even ready to change it. Mm-hmm. By you even saying that, I think some people might say, oh, yeah, I, I do have that. But are they coming to the realization that they are having that belief or they have that attachment? Mm-hmm. And so I just want to share a quick story with, I think, that belief in, in attachment. So what I'm really trying to say is, are we aware of what we're attached to? Because if we're not, then I think we don't want to give it up in the first place. And so this is a very silly story, but I used to not like cats. I'm not sure if you, I forgot if you have, do you have any pets? Do you have any pets? My little Siamese cat is right off camera. So. <laughs> you, have, you have one cat? One cat, Mochi. Mochi, Mochi. Is Mochi around right now? Where's Mochi? I can see him right out of the corner of my eye. And he's listening to this story too. Now that you've shared that you used to not like cats. Yeah, I used to not like cats because my family liked the house clean and they didn't want any fur around. But anyway, I thought cats would bite and scratch. But my wife wanted to, we, we wanted to finally, I don't know how, to ad- have adopt a cat. And uh-huh. so we went to the adoption center. I got this one cat. And then we, uh, her name is Kiwi. Oh. And then... For a while, we thought Kiwi was lonely because she was always by the window. And so my wife said, why don't we get, why don't we just go to the adoption center again? (laughs) And I don't know why I said yes. And then we got two more cats when we went to the adopt. So we got two sisters. We have three cats now. Oh my gosh. When they first met, they had a bad introduction. Mm. It's like me seeing you for the first time and I punch you in your face. (laughs) And so they had... Ever since I had that bad introductions and actually a few more bad introductions, they're never able to be in the same room. Mm. And so we should be on one of those like cat TV shows, but I went to the library 
got like 20, 30, all the cat books. Mm -hmm. I eventually had to call the person who wrote the book, The Cat Whisperer. She's from Texas. Okay. What? And so I called, a cat, I called one cat whisperer. I asked, and I called out actually like two or three more other cat people. And basically, they can't be in the same room. Okay. Mm. But the point of the story is my wife got tired of all of this. Eventually, <laughs> she doesn't want to keep on conditioning them and doing sessions. Mm. And, you know, as we were arguing, my, my wife said, Kit, why don't we just give the cats away to another family? because another family can you know probably serve them better mm. and what do you think i said or thought oh, i don't know this could go either way there's a part of me that's hoping you kept the cats but i don't know yeah yeah well here's the thing at that time at, at that time i'm like no way how i how can we even give up the cats they're like our kids how can we do that yeah, I was not even open to listening to all the great ways if we gave away the our cats to another family, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I did not even know that I had that belief. I did not even know I was attached to that. It was just I would I didn't even want to listen to anyone. Mm -hmm. So the question that you asked me was basically if someone don't believe right now that they are a natural born speaker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm saying the exact same thing. Are you willing to even open up to say, hey, maybe this is what I'm attached to. Am I even able to open to listen to the possibility of what others could say? Because if we're not even open at all, it doesn't matter how good another family is for the cats. Mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. And I think too, in that story, one thing I take away too, is like how powerful our emotions are, you know, the, the power in that story of like, oh, we want to keep that, those cats with us because it makes us feel good to have them there. But then thinking about like, what is actually going to serve the cats the most, you know? And I think about that speaking too, like our fear can be so powerful, that emotion that I think it can really block for a lot of people that willingness to just step out and try to give speaking a shot. Um, so it's interesting how emotions are so wrapped up, not not just in the mindset, but the behavioral changes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with the emotions, if it, uh, I feel like it's 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 us, right? It's just like people are thinking, how can we change it? It's it's part of who we are. Yeah. So did yeah. you end up having the cats go to another home, or how did the story end up? Oh, we still have the cats. They they they're not. But, but here's the thing, we have the cats, but I'm open-minded. Like I can say yes now, if we want to really logist, you know, logistically give, it away to another, give them away to another family, I'm open to that. I'm not fighting mm -hmm. as strong as I used to, mm -hmm. but I'm still on a mission to help the cats get together. I'm actually looking for a cat sitter to help us do more sessions but anyway. I love yeah. it. I, well, look at that, you're a cat daddy now. Um, I know. I think Mochi will forever be an only cat child. <laughs> he likes Mochi. to have the place to himself. Um, well, okay. Speaking of mindset and emotion and, and these different aspects, because I remember when I came on your show and, you know, your learning program that you offer, I talk a lot about behavioral change. I'm a little bit of a behaviorist of like, Mindset's great, but you have to prove and show to yourself that you are capable of doing the things that you want to do, including with public speaking. 
And I want to hear your side on this debate, Kit. What do you think? Do you think the work is primarily in that mindset piece like we were just talking about? Or do you feel like improving with speaking, it's more of a behavioral thing and overcoming the fears by doing it and practicing and just exposure, exposure, exposure. Maybe it's both. I'm curious what you think about this. Well, can I ask you first, why behavior, why is it more action, action behavior for you? Mm. My, my thought on this is that our brains are so smart. Like <laughs> our brains can, can pick up the BS a mile away. And the fact that, you know, a lot of our thoughts that we have are automatic. We can't actually control a lot of the thoughts that we have, especially ones that are rooted in emotion. So when we have that fear coming in so strong, that thought of, I can't do this, I'm not ready. Like part of why we see such a surge in imposter syndrome even is people just really buying into this narrative that they're not capable. And so my thought on it is, is that we have to actually take action to give our brains the evidence, oh, you did get through that. You did survive through that. Um, that's probably the side of me that loves, you know, exposure and response prevention therapy of the power of facing our fears and actually doing it. Um, so that's why I'm a bit of a behaviorist. But I obviously think knowing what our mindset is and knowing what the thoughts are in the first place is incredibly powerful, too. So I'm interested to hear your stance yeah. on it as well. I'm, I'm not saying there's a right answer to all of this. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, and I'm, I'm same here. You know, I agree with you. I don't think there's a right answer to it, but I think there is a preferred method for people. And so the question that I always try to answer is, what is the most effective and efficient way for people to get to their destination and the one that they enjoy? You know, I think of this as you can walk, you can take a bus. They're all great. You know, there's nothing wrong with either of them. So for me, I believe that, yes, action is good for people to basically see what experience is all about so they can learn about what's happening in the, in the experience. Mm -hmm. But then I really believe at the end of the day, the skill of working on how you perceive things, that's the skill itself. Mm -hmm. Perspective. If you, yeah. And if you work on that skill, which most people say, well, well, what, what is mindset? How do you work? on What is mindset? What do you work on mindset? Like people just don't understand mm. because it's such a foreign thing and there's many ways around it. But when you work on that skill, you are doing something, but not action wise. So as an example, again, I'm, I don't really share the cat thing too much, <laughs> but I have a whole nother way of looking at the cat situation. We didn't do anything though. Mm. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I look at it completely different and I feel completely different. Yes. The willingness to look at things from a different perspective, that's something in itself. And you were speaking to that earlier, just the openness that it could be different. Correct. And going back to the Alan Carr book, they, that's why they do such a great job by the end of the book you see such another good perspective. You don't even want to smoke anymore. Mm, mm. I'm not even a smoker, but now I'm curious to read this book to help my yeah. clients. That's this Alan Carr book. Okay. That's a great takeaway too. Tell us because this fearless public speaking summit that you've launched, which I'm so excited about. I think it's a great resource for people. Can you give us like a little sneak peek of 
some of the steps or tangible skills, mindset work that you do to help people? Like what can they expect when they are going to be learning from you? Yeah. And so, and again, thank you for going on the Fearless Public Speaking Summit. Oh, there it goes. There's Mochi. Mochi. Just Mochi. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, thank you for being on the Fearless Public Speaking Summit. And the main reason we have this is for one, to help people beat public speak speaking anxiety and to help them become more confident speakers. And so basically there are 30 amazing speakers like yourself that are interviewed from people like yourself to world champion public speakers. The one thing I want people to get out of the summit is to see how great speakers think. That's exactly what just what we just talked about, right? Perspective. Uh, and going back to your question earlier, if someone is thinking that they are a, a not a born natural speaker, when they're able to hear other perspectives from speakers who also felt that way, they call this a mind shifting, paradigming shifting, mind blowing experience. Because they, once they hear it from other people and maybe see it, their whole reality changes. Mm -hmm. Is exactly that's the whole reason of the summit is to give other people different perspectives into their speaking of how they became confident speakers. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you've used that phrase a few times, natural born speaker. I think a lot of people have that idea that you either have it or you don't like you're either a talented basketball player or a singer or you're not i really want to know your your stance on this kit do you feel like people are natural born speakers or is it a skill we can cultivate i i think we should address that for people listening can i know yours first what do you think <laughs> oh, you know what i i believe that perhaps someone may have more of an inclination to speak in the sense of there, there's that performing aspect of it, right? Um, that I think some people maybe enjoy that a little bit more. But I also think that that speaking, it's also storytelling and we can learn how to become storytellers. We can learn how to get more comfortable on the stage. Um, it's a craft, just like with so many things. And from being a speaker now for 10 years, I've seen like, it is such an evolution of learning the art of speaking. And so I think if people go in and they think, oh, I, I'm either born with a gift to do this or I'm not, then I think it, it excludes a lot of folks from being a part of it. Um, so I personally don't think it's necessarily natural born. I think it's something we develop throughout our lives. What do you think? Yeah, I think I, I agree with you hundred percent. That's what, that's what I think. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyone can be who they want to be if they choose to be. And if they work at it, if they are determined to want to get better at it, then 100%. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason being, you know, when we were all born, actually, I don't think any, anyone has the same speaking skills when we were born. And then we were born to different environments. And then we were born to different parents. And the way we grew up is completely different. So I think one of the major things that when I'm working with executives, leaders, or whoever you are, we tend to compare ourselves to, oh man, those speakers, they speak with such confidence. They look so good. Why can't I do that? But the, but the thing is, people might look and appear confident. You actually don't know how they feel inside. So that's why we can't compare ourselves because we don't, we can't really tell what's going on on the inside. They might be a nervous wreck. You just don't know. 
Oh, that is so well said. That is so well said. And there's all different kinds of speakers, right? I think a lot of times we do compare ourselves. Like I know for myself as a psychologist, I look at Brene Brown and I think, oh gosh, I wish I could be like that. When really the mindset is, no, I'm trying to be the best Dr. Lauren Cook. You know, I'm not trying to be Brene Brown. And we all have different strengths of speakers too, right? Some of us are super funny. Some of us are great storytellers. Some of us are great at educating, you know? And I think when people put this pressure on themselves to be all these different things, that's when you can often feel like you're coming up inadequate, you know? So it's it's okay to have different strengths as a speaker. I may not be super comedic as a speaker, but I feel like I can also offer a lot of value in other ways. So I think that's important for people to know too, as they learn what kind of speaker they are. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think one of the things that you're saying is key. When Whenever you're we're looking up to other people, it seems like, wow, they have a great style. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that a cue for us already? Everyone has a completely different style. Yeah. Where's, where's our style at mm-hmm. the end of the day? Exactly. It's all about helping us find our personal style and what that is for us. One thing I want to ask you, we ask everybody on this show, um, what they do for their own well-being. And Kit, you have created quite a successful business and you also are helping business leaders and employees every day to feel more confident with their speaking and in turn helping them with their mental health. So tell us, what do you do for your own well-being on a regular basis? Yeah, for me, I think it's shifted for me. Again, growing up with my family and my beliefs, I felt like I can take care of everyone. If my wife wants to get a massage, I'm like, hey, it's it's worth it definitely you work so hard mm-hmm. but for me i'll say hey i'll go get a massage eventually mm-hmm. because i didn't think i was worth it so one of the things that shifted for me was i would pay to do things for more for myself paid or free it doesn't matter but is to give myself the permission well i put in the work i'm gonna go get a, i'm gonna go get a massage Mm-hmm. I want that ice cream. I'm just going to eat it just because I can, just because I want to. I think that's one of the most powerful things I've said uh, that helped me just because I want to, I want to do it instead of eh, I, maybe I don't deserve it right now. I love that mindset. That is so powerful. And I think our listeners are going to resonate with that so much because so many people, they postpone gratification, right? Of just a little more and then I'll deserve it. No, like we're all doing the best that we can, you know, treat yourself to the massage, the ice cream and life is life is short. Enjoy the pleasures of life. So I'm glad to hear that you're treating yourself more often. And I hope that our listeners and viewers will start to do the same too. Um, One thing that we ask everybody on this show, and then I I do want to give people an opportunity to hear more about the summit so that they can learn how to sign up. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this, Kit. What do you hope your legacy is going to be? For me, I'm going back to the Alan Carr book. I know I mentioned that book a bunch of times. It's good. Uh, His book, okay, like he just had basically one mission to help cure people from smoker to being non-smoker. And that was, man, I mean, it was focused. It was powerful. It was just one thing. That's it for me to help people beat public speaking anxiety for good. Mm -hmm. Most effective, efficient efficient way to do that. Um, I love that. I love that. And it's something so many people need support with. I mean, 
when we look at the fears that people have, public speaking is like top of the list. I mean, some people say, this sounds dramatic, but some people say, I'd rather die than give a speech in public. So there is so much value and need for what you offer, Kit. Tell people more about Fearless Public Speaking Summit, how they can sign up, access it. What I, I know you were saying all the speakers that are included in it. But tell, tell us more for people to get involved. Yeah, yeah, and thank you, Lauren. I would say the Fearless Public Speaking Summit, there, is, there should be a link in the, in the show notes as well. So you can just quickly just go click the link and go sign up. It is uh, absolutely free. Uh, first of all, when you sign up for the summit, go listen to Lauren's session. It's it's amazing. And it's just all about helping people become more confident speakers by changing their, changing their mindset one interview at a time. Mm. Is that, it's, it's as simple as that. Such an incredible resource. I loved our conversations. You asked incredible questions. And so I can't wait for people to access this resource. If if anybody listening here today struggles with public speaking, it's something that you notice a lot of anxiety around, or it's even stopping you from taking the next step in your career, this is something you need to do for yourself. And so I hope people will get to connect with this kit. And, and where can they find more about you and the great work you're doing in general to continue this connection kit? Yeah. And thank you for asking that. You can visit Boston Speaks dot com or go on LinkedIn and just type in Kit Pang and connect with me. Awesome. Well, Kit, I am so glad that our paths have crossed. I can't wait for people to just soak up all this good information. I think you planted some great seeds here today and hopefully people tuning in, those seeds will keep growing with all the information that you're offering for folks. So Kit, what a joy to have you on today. And I got to say, I'm glad those cats are still with you. <laughs> yeah, Lauren, thank you so much. Too bad they didn't come on screen, but I it was good know. to see Mochi on screen. <laughs> Kit, thank you so much. Take good care. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of the Boardroom Brain Podcast. Let's cultivate those networking skills starting today. Share this episode with someone who could benefit from listening and leave a comment and review to let me know what you think. Subscribe to get all the latest episodes and don't hesitate to tell me who you'd love to hear on the podcast. Don't forget that you're always welcome to watch the YouTube version of these episodes as well if you'd like to experience this conversation visually. I always welcome your feedback and I hope today's dialogue sparked your own insights. Here's to fostering those healthy brains both in the boardroom and beyond.